this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Good morning. Our scripture passage today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, and I invite you to read along with me today in your Bibles or Pew Bibles or your apps, whatever you have to follow along with me this morning with the scripture as we hear the story of what happened on this Sunday of Holy Week. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. The very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Now when I was a child, Palm Sunday was such a happy day. We would wave the palms, cheer Jesus into the city of Jerusalem. And all, I would take a palm and wave it in church and then go outside in the parking lot and whack my brothers with my palms <laughs> on the way to the car. And then I would take the palm fronds and I would make little crosses out of my palm. And without a hint of irony, I just did this and without ever thinking, maybe I shouldn't use the palm as a weapon. We humans are fickle, aren't we? As a child, Palm Sunday was always such a happy day because it seemed like a parade and everyone loves a good parade. It's like Jesus is the homecoming king on the, per on the convertible. He was getting his due. The people were cheering him on. Everybody loves him. Who doesn't love a parade? But I'm older now. And I see that this parade is not a happy one. In fact, let's start by noticing something I think a little bit odd in the way Matthew tells the story of events. He spends about 8 of 11 verses with a to-do list of sorts. He tells some disciples, I need you to go fetch this donkey for me. And yes, it doesn't belong to us, but I need you to go get it. We're going to borrow it for a while. And when, the, when you go there and the people say, why are you taking my animal? Here's what I want you to tell them, and I want you to bring it back to me. It's a to-do list of sorts. 
He's got instructions for them. Matthew quotes from Zechariah, chapter 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. If you keep reading in verse 10, it actually has a beautiful verse, I think. It says, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, the horse from Jerusalem, the vow of war will be broken, and then he will proclaim peace to the nations. His dominion will extend from sea to sea and from the Euphrates to the ends of the earth. There they are, the disciples and Jesus from Nazareth. They are almost to the holy city of Jerusalem, the city of kings, the heart of the government, the city of the temple, the heart of their faith. They are right there. Historians will tell you that one thing to take note about this day is that we should remember that there was also Pontius Pilate parading into the city. Except Pontius Pilate liked to live by the sea with a nice cool ocean breeze and Caesarea. But when Passover came, he would march with soldiers into the city of Jerusalem because the population with people would swell for the holy days and he wanted to be there just as a little reminder, a visible reminder, that they worshiped Passover, the story of freedom of the Jewish people. They worshiped at Rome's good graces. So Pontius Pilate would march in with his Roman soldiers, riding high on his war horse with all the soldiers decked out in all their armor and weapons just to remind them. So if you can imagine with me that the disciples, after traveling and going so far, they are finally about to enter the city of Jerusalem. But before they get there, Jesus has this to-do list. Go fetch that donkey for me. Eight verses Matthew spends talking about this to-do list. Go get the donkey. Here's what to say, here's where to find it, here's what to tell them. And it's amusing to me that they're probably thinking this is the big moment. This is the spotlight. This is it. And Jesus is like, what I need you to do is go get that barn animal. It's tedious. It's time consuming. It's inconvenient. Maybe a little smelly. They're not always cooperative animals, are they? But that's ministry. That's ministry. It's what ministry is. It's a note in the mail to a friend. It's a phone call. It's Bible crafts of tissue paper and popsicle sticks, and I hope and pray not glitter. <laughs> it's casseroles delivered to the front door. It's mac and cheese. It's rides to the doctor. It's shifts at the food pantry. It's your hands in the dirt at the community garden. It's communion preparers and communion cleaner uppers. It's late night texts, it's hospital visits, it's nursing home stops, it's the dishwashers on Wednesday nights, it's thank you desserts to disaster volunteers, I could keep going, it's XYZ table setters, it's committee planning meetings, it's palm cross makings on Saturday morning, it's Showing up to funerals, frankly, it's showing up. 
That's it. It's the tedious, mundane, time-consuming, sometimes inconvenient work of ministry, and it is the task Jesus calls us to. Go fetch that donkey, disciples. Go get that donkey. You know, famous disciples minister, Fred Craddock, one of my most favorite things he ever wrote is about how he talks about in his younger years, what he imagined what it was like to give your life to Christ. And he writes, We think giving our all to the Lord is like taking a $1,000 bill, laying it on the table. Here's my life, Lord. I'm giving it my all. But the reality for most of us is that he sends us to the bank and has us cash in the $1,000 for quarters. We go through life putting out 25 cents here and 50 cents there. Listen to the neighbor's kids' troubles instead of saying, get lost. Go to a committee meeting at church. Get a cup of water to a shaking old man at a nursing home. Usually giving our life to Christ isn't glorious. It's done in all these little acts of love, 25 cents at a time. Perhaps as we enter Holy Week, it's good to remember this. This is ministry. And it's the work that we are all called to do. And I think especially when we feel overwhelmed by the pain or the heartache of the world, especially then, Jesus needs his disciples to go about the to-do list. The small, daily, faithful acts of ministry in the world. And the world needs it more than ever. And here they are today. Standing outside the city gates, Jesus, the disciples, somebody's borrowed donkey, a to-do list completed. They're on the edge of the royal city with their own alternative parade. Jesus' parade has no soldiers, has no weapons. His feet may be practically dragging the ground as he rides on a poor man's horse. The crowds love it. They cheer him on as he rides into the city. They lay down their cloaks and they wave their palms and they shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. You know what Hosanna means? I always thought it was just something people said back at that time. Hosanna means save now. Please save. Hosanna, save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Not Caesar. Not Caesar? Did you notice what they are daring to proclaim out loud? They're under Rome's watchful eye and occupied people. And the scripture says that when Jesus came into the city, the whole town was in turmoil. Who is he? Who is this Jesus? That's what they want to know. That's what they're asking. Who is Jesus? This week, he'll show us. This week, he will show us who is Jesus when we are drowning in our own lies and shame. Hosanna, save us. Who is Jesus when we're standing at the foot of the grave and our heart is shattered? Hosanna. Who is Jesus when the test results have come back and the news isn't good? Who are you, Jesus, when we are lost and alone 
and our hearts are broken. Hosanna, save us. Watch him. Watch him this week. He shows us who he is. He is everything the Roman Empire is not. He comes not in power and strength, but with humility. He isn't dressed in royalty, but as a humble servant riding on a working man's horse. And he rules not with fear, but with love. Hosanna, save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We watch him when on Thursday he takes the weight of the world on his shoulders with the pain and betrayal and the loneliness of Thursday night. We watch him by Friday when the crowds have changed. People are fickle, aren't they? Oh, how they change. Pilate called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people, and he said to them, You brought me this man as one who's perverting the people, and here I have examined him in your presence, and I've not found him guilty of any charges. Neither has Herod, for he has sent him back to us. Indeed, he's done nothing to deserve death. I'll therefore have him flogged and release him. And then the crowd all shouted together, Away with this fellow, release Barabbas for us. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again. But they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. A third time, he said to them, why, what evil has he done? I found him no ground for the sentence of death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified. And their voices prevailed. Amen.